Hello everybody, this is Two Girls One Cold podcast and we welcome you today to our eighth episode of JWs and Dating. Uh, just please take into consideration the follower dis- following disclaimer and trigger warning. So we're not therapists or medical professionals, we're not diagnosing anyone or diagnosing each other, we're making light of a, of our dark situation This podcast is solely driven by our own experiences and those that we have known to have experiences within this community. So this podcast contains positive and negative perspectives on the Jehovah's Witnesses and also detailed mental health difficulties. If you do have any uh, sensitive kind of mental health difficulties, then do reach out to your medical professional for help okay so shall we go in with the podcast all right and this one is all about j-dubs and dating and um yeah and we are your hosts i am lara i'm narissa and uh, yeah we were both brought up as jehovah's witnesses and (laughs) yeah we're just here to share our experience and also maybe some experiences of those that we've met who are still Jehovah's Witnesses and some who aren't. So I know this is a super hot topic for people, especially maybe those who aren't Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. And are maybe dating someone who is, because as much as it technically shouldn't happen, it does happen quite a lot. I mean, when I was a Jehovah's Witness, I definitely dated outside of the religion. Narissa, did you? Outside of the religion, yes, I did. Did you ever date inside the religion? I did. Uh, yes, I did. I did date inside the religion. But yeah, I mean, I had very, a very kind of different experiences with... I mean, it's an individual thing, isn't it? I mean, everybody's different. But I would definitely say dating within the religion, there was a lot of kind of, there's very much a kind of push and pull struggle between kind of guilt, shame, kind of feeling you do want to get to know somebody, you do want to be intimate with them and have affection with them, yet you can't. Technically, if we go for what people should be doing so this is the official line for jehovah's witnesses how they should go about dating or courting is the preferred term within the community which is a very old-fashioned i'm gonna say english but you know also old-fashioned american term yeah that, that really aimed to describe a process where you are basically you know seeing if someone is suitable to marry you know and that's really how Jehovah's Witnesses especially those who are very much involved and active and strongly within the community decide to look at and go for you know dating really so I think It's a big sweeping generalisation, but if you are someone who is not a Jehovah's Witness, who is dating a Jehovah's Witness, they're being a little bit naughty. Because there is a a lot. 
yeah there is a scripture that says you should marry only in the lord which means you should marry only those who believe the same thing as you Yeah. yeah and who believe the same thing as the lord or jesus and are following all his guidelines and even if that person is another christian and this is really important because it can get confusing even if that person is another christian so you know you're catholic or you're protestant or you're a baptist or you know whatever if they're not a jehovah's witness it's not a good thing no now this a a disfellowshipping like a chuck you out and shun you offense but it's it's something that it's something that is kind of frowned upon looked down upon and if you are dating someone who isn't a jehovah's witness you will be actively encouraged to break off that relationship and narissa i know you had an experience where you felt quite heavily pressured to break off a relationship yeah i think it was my first relationship so it was my well I would well okay not my first my first relationship outside of the Jehovah's Witnesses that was quite serious I would say so I had been with this specific person for about six months and um, I think we were well what we would say was in love so we were I mean it was just young young nonsense you know and uh, although it's good to experience these things and I think it's it's essential really to experience these things so I I was yeah around about 19 20 you know it was my kind of first for everything you know in this relationship and I was I was heavily attached to this person however there were a few red flags during the first few months of this relationship. I, to be honest, I knew it wasn't going to last. And this specific person wasn't, um, let's just say he, he, he was lovely. He was a nice person in his own way. He, he had issues and he had a lot of mental health uh, difficulties, which to be honest, seems to be a, a running a recurring thing in my relationships but anyway it it was going well and we loved each other and my study conductor I think it was my study conductor he had a chat with me because um I had a hickey on my neck so and I tried to I thought I was doing well at covering it up so I had this scarf and I covered it up and um, we think we're doing well at covering it up oh, yes. <laughs> and then everyone knows no I mean I mean just thinking about hickeys and stuff now to be honest kind of you know makes me feel quite sick but I mean <laughs> back then it's it happened and um a few elders talked to me about it and they said they asked me some very inappropriate questions about whether we had sex, about whether they actually did say, has he kissed me on my breasts? They did actually. And these were three men, middle-aged men who asked me that. And I said, and I, I didn't know what to say. And you're 19. I, I told them, I said, none of your business, to be honest. Did you actually and say that? They did. They did. They did. No, did you usually um, say that? 
I said none of your business. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, I said, well, I think it was more um, just an automatic response because I didn't know what else to say. I mean, would you be kind of, you know, would I be a good girl and say, oh, well, you know, this, this happened, this happened. And I just thought, no, why do I have to tell them? But I think well, it was you could more... just lie. <laughs> yeah. I'd, yeah, I, I know that kind of makes me look a little bit more guilty, doesn't it? Anyway, but, uh, but no, we I did talk to them about it and they said that it was getting to be a, a problem, basically saying I was a problem. What, so, because this wasn't the first time they saw a love bite on you? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And they said, and they asked me whether we were having sex and all that kind of stuff and, and I lied and I said no. Um, and, you know, I... I was 19 so you know go figure <laughs> but um I yeah I completely lied about that but I was told by this this certain elderly man I think he was how old was he I think he was maybe in his 70s or 80s and he and we were at this point we were good friends and he'd really helped me throughout my teenage years but he was very strict he was very by the book kind of elder and he and I remember him talking to me and he said you need to break it off with him you need to just break it off and just have a clean break um I mean looking back now with I think it would be nice to have just let it kind of run its course but I, I can see now they were just trying to help I mean in a very different way with the religion so I mean that was very different but um so I did I did go to him and I was very I was under so much pressure I was crying all the time because I it was very dramatic you know I, I thought I loved him and all this stuff and listening to music all the time sad music and all of that stuff oh, and I did I mean it's ridiculous all that teenage <laughs> angst all the teenage yeah. angst but I mean it's ridiculous now when I think about it I think oh it's ridiculous and I kind of cringe I do cringe but I, I remember calling him on the phone and saying, it's over. I can't do this anymore. I'm being pressured by my mum, by the elders in the congregation. And he did come to a few meetings. I will give him that. Um, I remember that. I remember, remember he came to a few meetings. Besides, I, and you know what is a bad thing too? Never pressure your partner to to go to the meetings and don't pressure them to leave either because I think that 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 can really mess you up in regards to what you've grown up with because you're trying to I think as well as you're trying to let go of all of this you're trying to do what's right as well so you're trying to do what you think your elders are trying to do for you and because I was under so much pressure, I think if I hadn't, if I wasn't living with our mother at that time, I don't think I would have cared. But because I was under so much pressure to, to, to you know, stay within the lines, as it were, mm. it there was just no way to do it. But you know, break up with him. But then, you know, a few weeks later. I think it was about two or three weeks later, we we made up again and we started seeing each other again. 
but I had to lie. I had to lie to the elders. I had to lie to my mother and say that we weren't seeing each other. And a few people had said that we'd seen us out, which I think that that's a lie. But there were other people who were kind yeah, of there's snitch- this whole snitching on. Yeah, culture is there. Whereas if someone sees you, they're like, "Oh no," and they'll, "I have to tell the elders," you know. Yeah, they were for your own good, or I have to tell your mum for your own good, and it's like, "Oh God, someone," you you know, keep out my business. (laughs) Keep out my fucking business. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I have to hold my hand up and say I did it because that's what you were trained to do if you You saw someone doing something that they shouldn't have been doing you're encouraged to tell did you snitch everybody but to tell oh yeah yeah if I saw someone doing something they weren't supposed to do I would either go to the elders or go to them you know because that's what you you were told to do yeah did you see that's the thing that I never did I never snitched on anyone I never I think because I did see quite a few things going on and happening and I think I probably did tell you but I never went to the elders just because I know I was probably doing bad as well or worse so I just thought (laughs) ah just let them get on with their life (laughs) I genuinely thought it was like for their own good yeah yeah genuinely now I'm like mortified at even thinking about it but at the time yeah I genuinely did think it was a good thing I was doing Mm, mm. no I mean it's you and and to do that you're under pressure as well so kind of taking it back to the whole kind of dating situation there is this massive pressure and also expectations so if you're somebody who's in physically in and mentally in then you if you do try and kind of recruit someone and and they try and conform to you uh, sorry to the Jehovah's Witnesses and you have a relationship but they're not fully in you know there's a huge pressure for the person who is who isn't a, a complete Jehovah's Witness to kind of come in and follow the rules and and to, and also I've seen relationships where people try and change for the other person. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I think mm-hmm. that that's an awful lot of not just pressure, but I mean expectation, like we've said. But I just think to completely change your way of thinking and completely change your way of life for somebody else i think that that's a that's not a good way to go i think that that will it will it will lead to bitter resentment in the end i think if anyone decides to change their you know fundamental beliefs yes exactly for anybody not because they genuinely believe it is always really a bad thing. Leaving Jehovah's Witnesses or coming in or, you know, becoming Jewish or atheist, you know, whatever. It Any was, kind whatever. of, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I just think that's, that's generally a bad. never really going to work out, really. But, I mean, going back to sort of the general official line on dating, this is the probably prime example of what Jehovah's Witnesses would like to happen. So... You're really discouraged to date before you're old enough to marry. So you shouldn't be dating too young because then, of course, you get all the feelings and all the urges and you might do something that's a bit more hormones, hormones. (laughs) 
because you know sex isn't allowed outside marriage so probably from about 1920 plus mm. i'd maybe even say a bit later maybe like early 20s then dating is kind of okay it's it's okay yeah. as long as it's someone else who is within the jehovah's witness community yeah yeah of course and when you're dating you can never be alone together ever <laughs> Never, there oh, yeah. always has to be a chaperone because you just never know what's going to happen. You know, one of you is going to jump the other one. So um, never allowed alone together. Ideally, you'd be dating for six months to a year. Then you would get engaged. If during this time you decide that they are not marriage material for whatever reason, break it off. And that's Do the it. If you don't want to marry them, if you're not going to marry them, finish it end just it, finish done. it quickly okay so yeah if you are if you are going to marry them then you get engaged yeah and don't have a long engagement because then all the feelings See, this is the thing everything they come in so your engagement should be ideally about six months and then you get married and in the theory you're happily ever after and that is the that's the textbook dating courtship to marriage that you know everyone be like oh look at them oh they're such a cute cut oh that's lovely and that would be approved now of course next to nobody has this experience you know so um yeah that that's interesting I'd be interested to hear from people who did have this experience and, and whether it yeah. was any good or any bad, really no I I would see that's the thing I would love to hear about people who've had the by the book experience of dating yeah. a Jehovah, or dating it within the Jehovah's Witnesses because relationships are so complicated at the best of times and at the worst of times so I I want to know I mean all of my there's no point even looking at my relationships inside the Witnesses because they were very strange <laughs> because I dated strange people mm-hmm. and there was a lot of lying there was a lot of lying as well because of um reputation and how they didn't want to you know look bad to other people they would lie about you and if you broke up with them they would try and tarnish your reputation I'm, I mean come on I was fucked from the beginning anyway so my reputation wasn't great but I think you know a lot of people if you were both quite reputable people in reputable congregations and you both broke up for whatever reason I don't know you just weren't good for each other you weren't compatible then there definitely was lying going on did you find that did you find that I found that generally once you were dating and everyone knew you were dating if at some point you broke up and bearing in mind, this isn't my experience because I only dated really one person within the Jehovah's Witness community. Mm. But yeah, if you broke up, it was like, oh no, who was the bad one? What happened? Yeah, everyone what? wanted to know who was the bad one. And that's where things, I think, got a bit misconstrued. Yeah. It was almost as if you weren't allowed to break up just because you guys didn't work. Yeah. It was there always had to be a bad one there's um, had to be some and, kind of and yeah, sex kind of like weird story involved or something yeah or, weird scandal scandal yeah. like that yeah so you know and it, I guess it just depended who you were friends with or who you spoke to 
as to who was the bad one. So I mean, I yeah, it was I, so much drama, so it, much drama around something that's so I know insignificant, so boring as well. I mean, I I did hear from other people. I mean, even quite recently, who a chosen who who she left. You know, very scandalous stuff. You know, ha- bet- happened between her and her husband. She was quite young, but I mean, there were things like, um, you know, kind of having affairs with brother-in-laws and stuff like that and sister-in-laws and um it it was just all I mean obviously they were married and stuff and stuff happened while they were dating but I mean it's it is quite scandalous and to be honest I do find that people who are now being kind of an outsider looking in being in the world I find that relationships are less scandalous I find they're just more down to earth more boring whereas I think yeah whereas uh, when you're a witness things are just so kind of blown out of proportion and because everybody's so obsessed with sex dating and and also kind of being young. and what you were saying before about having a long enough engagement to get to know each other so you're not making a massive mistake and getting married to this person however you shouldn't you shouldn't be dating them for that kind of length of time where you will be tempted by them so it's kind of this contradictory idea of you're going to sleep with each other before marriage but you need to get to know each other you need to know if this person is compatible with you because let's face it when you do get married it is a very different situation very very different and it's something I think that uh, everyone else within your congregation or your immediate community will have some input on and they they will have an opinion on it so if you're dating if you're a Jehovah's Witness and you're dating someone who isn't generally there will be a few people who go oh no you shouldn't be doing that shouldn't be doing that no (laughs) no 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 I mean when I was 17 Mm -hmm. I was in my first long-term relationship and I was still not baptized no I think it might have been different if I was baptized I wasn't baptized and I was dating someone who wasn't a Jehovah's Witness and because I was dating them certain privileges were taken away from me oh of course yeah yeah because I was dating them I wasn't allowed to so I used to do sign language and interpretation for a deaf lady who would come to the meeting so I wasn't allowed to do that because I was dating someone who wasn't a Jehovah's Witness and that was quite a big thing as well so I remember yeah, that was that was a big thing it. it was a very public thing everyone very saw public. me doing it and everyone thought oh wow isn't that wonderful I personally just liked it because I was just doing something in the meeting rather than just sitting there yeah, yeah no be- I remember because I was dating someone who wasn't a witness mm. and yeah and so then I was dating him and I was dating him for about two years and then I went traveling and when I came back I'd been a bit naughty so I got all my privileges removed from me. so I, got, I, wasn't, I wasn't able to go and by privileges we mean things like going out and Sorry. knocking yeah. on doors and talking to people that's a privilege mm-hmm. being mm. able to answer up 
at the meetings that you go to a couple of times a week that's a privilege so wasn't it apparently it is yeah <laughs> uh, yeah and um obviously the sign language had, had just gone out the window so yeah so all that was taken away yeah yeah or dating someone who wasn't a witness now I was never in that position when I was baptized I imagine it would be yeah. a similar sort of process if you were dating someone who wasn't a Jehovah's Witness and you were baptized yeah um, what's really interesting though is that if you come if all of a sudden you marry someone who isn't a witness and then you come and you tell the elders or whoever or just tell people yeah I'm married now I married this person you know they're not a witness but it's cool it's kind of a <laughs> fake plea and they can't do anything to you they're just like yeah. oh right oh well You're you married. know that's gonna be hard and there's a scripture about being unevenly yoked with unbelievers mm. it goes back to how they used to put a yoke on the cattle and it had to be balanced for the cattle to pull it and yeah you don't want to be oh yeah of course like, yeah you know you're unevenly yoked but you know you're kind of married now and we don't want you to get divorced because that's another big no so you kind of just have to make the best of it so yeah. when that happens it's almost as if it's like oh well never mind crack on which is yeah which is an interesting it. start I think yeah yeah, considering that, that, because I remember there were a couple of ladies in our congregation who were from other countries. And I think one of them actually admitted to me that the only reason why she got married was to stay in the country. And she, I mean, that that was up to her. If she wanted to do that, it was completely up to her. I thought it was quite funny. Yeah, I mean, also quite productive. But I mean, I don't know whether she's still with the guy. I don't know whether she's still a witness. But no, I do remember these two. I think it was two, maybe, or three. I can't remember. But yeah, I do remember this was a thing. And there were quite a few, I think, who had married out. Or rather, they were out of they had only started studying with the witnesses at a certain age therefore they they were married before and that kind of thing but I, I just thought it was really strange that the elders they wouldn't give them a hard time how it was it was very much kind of you have your duty to your husband and that's it whereas if you're dating I know dating dating is a very different thing and marriage is a very different thing to dating, but I just Once you feel were married, it was like a whole different set of rules. It, yeah, there, yeah, there is a very yeah, yeah, very different, very different set of rules to to when you're kind of young and dating and stuff. And but I mean, we knew people who were dating very young. You know, I mean, I my first boyfriend who I had a relationship with as a Jehovah's Witness, which to be honest, I wouldn't really even call it a relationship because it was so <laughs> petty and it was just so ridiculous. And the kind of arguments we used to have are, oh, I just cringe, like I said before, you know, I cringe about it. But that's that what you do when you're young. I think it was about six, I was 16 and he had said, he had said to me, oh, this is love. I want to marry you. All of this stuff. And I'm thinking, 
okay, I don't want to marry you. Know why he he said that? You know who it is. You know who it is. Yeah, he he said that he wanted at one point when we were talking about stuff, and I mean, but he, in his mind, he thought he was quite a popular kind of person. You know, well, I think he thought he was popular with the ladies as well as generally everybody because he he thought he kind of got along with everybody. In the way I saw it, I didn't see it like that. I think he he was very obnoxious, very up himself. And, um, he had this superiority complex. And I remember him talking to somebody else. And while he was having a relationship with me, and I remember he was saying very different things to other people, what he was telling me, which is ridiculous because it's not as it's not as if you're you're getting anything from the relationship you're not getting any affection you're not getting any sex I mean what's the what's the point of being in the relationship if you're not if you're not going to get anything out I mean it's not even that it's just the intellectual stimulation too I mean that's what I need you know more than anything else I would say and I wasn't even getting that I mean I was bored I was bored and I just remember talking to him and he, and I said, well, you know, I, I heard you tell this person something completely different to what you're telling me. And, and he he said, oh, no, 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 no. I really want to marry you. And, and I just said, this is ridiculous. I've got to break up with you. <laughs> this person was an extremely obnoxious person and I wasn't getting anything out of it. So I just broke it off. I mean, I was very young. But there are, within the dating community, there are a lot of, although they don't encourage young people to get married, there are an awful lot of young people who do. Oh, yeah. I think... I do you think it's the like pressure? 1920, which is the fact that you're not allowed to have sex. That's it. Yeah. You know, you like people. It's completely normal to like people, to want to be close to people to get to know people yeah. to want to be intimate with someone but you can't do that unless you're married within the jehovah's witness yeah. community so that's what you do you get married and you get married when you're a lot of times when you're incredibly young i think me and you were always a bit hesitant about marriage because our mother and father had gone through quite an awful divorce yeah it's quite traumatic one of the yeah best one of the best things my mum ever said to me, she said, if I wasn't a Jehovah's Witness, I'd never get married. I'd just have loads of boyfriends. <laughs> and that is stuck with me. And I'm like, that is the best advice. That, that is... I'm not saying that's the best advice for everyone. Not yeah. for everyone. But for me, oh, she just hit the nail right on the head. I was like, yes. So yeah, but yeah, she still so, wouldn't so like think, it. She still wouldn't like it though. If you did, like what? If I if got you had loads of boyfriends, no. If you had loads of boyfriends, she still well, I do like have it. loads of boyfriends. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, our, our mother, you know, she, you know, she's uh, something. Yeah, she just she just likes to be completely opposed to whatever we do. <laughs> he's funny but anyway so yeah we were very hesitant yeah. about marriage so yeah I think even when we were dating when I was dating I was never really thinking about marriage no and that was, no, that was, that was I. and that's, that's why thing. yeah that's why 
this this wonderful wonderful person and I really hope he's doing well wherever he is that I dated when I was about sort of 2021 and we were together for about 18 months two years and in the end it came down to the fact that you know it had been this length of time were we going to get married and I was like you know what I'm just I'm just not there I'm just not ready and I'm really sorry and um you know we had to break it off and it's it's tragic and you know I mean he has got married to someone else I'm sure has a wonderful life with his new wife and kids and everything but that just wasn't for me Mm. you know and that was the one j-dub that I dated yeah so yeah it's a very strict set of rules you know so I think if if you are dating someone who is a Jehovah's Witness, just make sure you kind of understand where they're at, you know, whether they're at, whether they're really, really in and they want to be really, really in the community, because if they do, I can see things being tricky because unless you decide to fully submit to becoming a Jehovah's Witness, I think they will always secretly want you to become one. Yeah, um, and this is a bit of a sticking point, you know, for for both of you. If it's something that isn't so important to them, if they're going along just because they think like, oh, well, you know, it's just the right. I'm just gonna go along to a few meetings, but it's not a big thing for me. Then um, it might be a little bit easier. But you have to ask. You think you really have to ask yourself why are they just dipping in and out? It's not that sort of religion. It's something where you, you do have to be fully in, really. You do. Yeah. So just ask you know ask them these questions just see what they really want out of it and just make sure that you aren't going to get your heart broken at any point because I can guarantee you there will be a lot of pressure for both of you not to be together yeah and I mean this is the kind of it's a different kind of heartbreak as well because you have so much pressure on you I mean it's either not be together or get married and I think for somebody who hasn't grown up a Jehovah's Witness, they don't really understand that because there's less pressure on you, as it should mm. be when you're a young person, kind of discovering yourself and getting to know people, you know, finding connections and that kind of thing. I mean, which it's, I think it's supposed to be like that. You're you're supposed to be, you're young, you know, you're you're teenager, you're meant to be, trying to discover the world for yourself and I think to have that much pressure on you and anxiety as a young person to kind of say well you know your life is laid out before you you know you're going to get married or not kind of thing and I think that's a very big question to ask a young person and I think for me yeah it's something I think a lot of people just aren't ready for yeah no I mean, some people are in their 40s and 50s and they're not even ready for that kind of commitment. You know, it's it's just such a strong, strong and intense policy of theirs, you know, to, you know, you have to be married. You have to. And the thing is, is that although like yourself, I wasn't really thinking about marriage marriage has definitely been on my mind I've always I mean even when I mean I wasn't thinking about it when I was a teenager and all I really wanted was a really good connection with somebody somebody who I can debate with somebody I could talk to intellectually kind of stimulating 
I wasn't really that bothered for a really long time I wasn't bothered about sex because of my past trauma and that kind of thing I wasn't really interested in physical kind of thing in a relationship um but I think as I've gotten older it has the the kind of marriage prospect of marriage it has been there all the time you know and I think that that the reason why is because I I still had that behind everything I still had that guilt of living in sin and not being married and kind of wanting that for myself wanting to be married and what I've grown to realize is is that you don't need to be married to have a good connection with someone you don't at all at all I mean people that I know that have the best relationships aren't married I mean that's not that doesn't go for everybody and I'm sure there there are some amazing people out there who who have beautiful marriages but it's definitely not the be all, be all and end all of a relationship a relationship yeah, doesn't need it doesn't need marriage to be substantial and I think I thought and, and they kind of sell this to you as a witness that the you are incomplete if you aren't married or if you don't have a partner and that obviously, yeah. you know, feeds into that idea of you're never enough because you either, you know, you, you, you need somebody, you either need Jehovah in your life or you need a partner to complete you. You need a man to complete you because you're not, you're half of the person without a partner. I kind of agree and I kind of disagree because I think yeah. for a woman within that community, yes, you you kind of always yes, should be yes. thinking about getting married if you're yes. a single woman if you're a single man no that's no fine. no I agree yes yeah. single yeah. for the lord and that's absolutely fine because you're an eligible bachelor up till you're pretty much dead you know so <laughs> that's fine. one foot in the grave and you've still got yeah, loads of um, bitches hanging off of you <laughs> there's still loads of women just yeah. desperate to marry you so yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think there is that you are incomplete if you're a single sister, but if you're a single brother, I don't fine. know. I think I knew, although there were quite a few single Bethelites that we knew of. I do think there is still that pressure for men because men men want relationships and affection and all of that kind of stuff as well. So. I think possibly now, I mean, maybe back when we were Jehovah's Witnesses, it was different. But I do think, you know, possibly, you know, the scales are balanced a little bit more where men and women, they do want both. I mean, as you say, as regards to gender, then I think there's more pressure on women to feel incomplete or to be incomplete than a man is so maybe there's that pressure but I do think that I do think because I mean I I remember I used to talk there were quite a few I had quite a few friends who were who were you know guys who were Jehovah's Witnesses and they used to some of them were even obsessed with it you know maybe it was sex they were obsessed with but they did talk to you know a lot of them were kind of settling 
and they were saying oh you know I just really want to get married I just really I really want to get married and I'm thinking well okay just you know just relax just you know yeah, don't get married to the obsession it was obsession yeah. but also the um in the hierarchy so when you started going up within the jehovah's witness organization when you got to men who were circuit overseas so they oh, used yeah. to look after a circuit of congregations and this would be what a hundred congregations maybe in a circuit oh yeah, yeah i yeah. never met one of those that were single they were always married yeah and then you would get to the district overseas that would look after the districts yeah yeah always married and the branch officials and things more often than not they were married so yeah maybe there was a sort of unofficial rule that you you should be married to take these higher positions as well possibly yeah because it looks better to other people you look more relatable you look more settled maybe yeah yeah maybe i mean isn't aren't there a few of the governing body that are married i don't know i think tony morris is married It'd be as far as i know maybe that's something we have to we'll talk about the, the governing body anyway but yeah, no, that'll be interesting to kind of see. And also previous gov- governing body members who have been married and and that kind of thing. But I think um with with dating, I think, you know, there's there's a very strict process, isn't there? Like we've said, there's a strict process. There's strict. no room, there's no room for mistakes really yeah. no room for error none, uh, none. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so hard when involved yeah. to be that hard and when especially when you're young and you feel like you love to be honest even in your 20s you're young you're young you you you're still kind i of feel young, young now and well yeah exactly that's it yeah exactly it was my birthday recently, so yeah, I, I feel young. I feel young too. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I mean, it's just I. I think when I think of summing up the Jehovah's Witnesses and dating, I, I just sum it up. I just think it's just a whole lot of anxiety and pressure that you don't need in your life, and it will it will test you. It will. It will. Yeah, it it will really test you, especially if you're the one who's not a Jehovah's Witness. And I think, I mean, I knew quite, actually, actually, I knew this guy who, he was a Jehovah's Witness and he was gay. And he was going and giving talks and stuff and he had a boyfriend. And... um he used to talk to me about it and he used to say oh I feel so guilty but I need to do I need to uphold my responsibilities and I need to do well because my parents want me to do well and I want to do well and I love Jehovah but I'm gay and (laughs) I said well I didn't care I I just said well I think you should follow your heart because that's what I've always said people in that situation and I said if you need to go and be gay 
you can't be gay as a Jehovah's Witness because you can't. There's just no way you can do that unless you you're secretive, unless you keep it to yourself and you're secret, you know, and you lie. That's the only way you can do it as a Jehovah's Witness. But I said, you need to go out and you need to do what you need to do. But his partner, who he was dating at the time, a lovely guy, from what I, I saw anyway, and we used to go out quite a lot. He, I remember talking to him and he said, it's like he doesn't love me because... Um, he hasn't even told his parents about me and I feel really bad and I feel like this isn't you know this isn't what I want because I feel like he's he's not making the effort and I told him I said listen you know the, he does obviously love you but there are unknown incredible pressures you know being gay is a whole different ball game but I mean dating somebody who's also a man as a Jehovah's Witness and also trying to come out to your parents uh, but also wanting to that kind of push and pull again of wanting to be do a good the good with you know but thinking things are wrong guilt and shame you know that kind of push and pull kind of thing effect that happens all the time with um in your mind and I just said you know it's hard for him I said and the only way that this will work out is if he makes a decision to leave the Jehovah's Witnesses. But I said, that doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. And and he he, yeah. he said to me, he said, thank you for explaining that. But I said, you know, you've grown up very differently to him. You know, you've grown up in an environment where you've um, been nurtured and, you know, you've thrived, obviously, as expressing yourself in the way you, you are. But we've been very much suppressed and this this doesn't help and this won't help until you leave. So, I mean, that's a, that, was, that was a very special situation. And I don't know where he is now. I wish I knew. I hope he's happy and he's out and he's gay and living, you know, his so best tired. life. Yeah, I really do because... This guy seemed to, you know, he was totally kind of head over heels for him. And it was quite, it was really nice, actually. It was quite nice. And um, to be honest, I think it was a lot more genuine than a lot of relationships I'd seen that were in the Jehovah's Witnesses. But no, it was that one kind of, it made me quite sad. And I felt really bad for him. But it's his, you know, he had to make the call. He had to make the decision. And that's, you know, that's a double whammy. I mean, what do you do? <laughs> you come out as gay to your parents, then you run off with somebody, you know, and and then your parents never talk to you again. Then you've just got to live your life, you know. And But what do you do? It's it's a difficult thing. So that's a very difficult situation, but it's it, it's something that some people have to live with. So that's a more kind of darker side of, well, not darker, but I mean the the more serious kind of questions and uh, situations you put yourself in, you know, you can't just kind of go on kind of living, living two lives, which is what they talk about a lot. Living two lives, you know, are you one person in the world? Are you one person as a Jehovah's Witness? But I feel like they encourage this behaviour because there's no way to do things unless you just have two lives. You're two, two separate people. Set, 
an impossible standard basically so that they, they you are. have to live this double life where you, you are one thing when you're at the kingdom hall with all the people in your congregation and you're another thing just your normal you know yeah. at work and with your friends yeah I, I know it yeah. I know it I know it I mean if like I said about my friend who was gay was absolutely that and however he was going to the meetings and going you know doing talks and stuff I mean you can do it but I mean at you know at your own risk of going insane of go you know completely going crazy and I know for a fact when that's lifted from you and when you're honest and when you when you do say well you know this is me this is how I express myself I don't want to live this kind of life anymore then that's good but I that's that's great that's something that's completely kind of lifted off your shoulders you know that kind of burden but I do think that with this impossible standard of living it is very much encouraged to live a a double life and I think that's why we find it I you know well when I first came out of the witnesses you know I found it so easy being one thing to one person and one thing to another person um, but then I had a lot of mental health um, issues that I had to deal with. So, I mean, this, all of this stems from, men, these mental health conditions, you know, stem from that. I think they come from being pressured, under pressure to be a certain person in one situation and then be a completely different person in another situation. Because yeah. there's no way, there's no way you could be the same person in both situations. No way. That's really interesting. Thank you. That's really yeah. interesting. And I think quite an interesting thought and message to end this yes. um, podcast episode eight on. So thank yes. you everyone so much for listening. And well done if you've stuck with us until the end. We really do appreciate you. Um, and we would love your thoughts, feedback and any questions. So please do leave them. We may be holding a special episode at the end of this series in which we just answer any questions you throw at us. Yes. So yeah, feel free to ask anything either on our Instagram or through our website. And yeah, if you don't already subscribe to Two Girls, One Cult, please do wherever you listen to your podcast or follow us on Instagram at Two Girls, One Cult. And we will see you next week. Thanks so much. <laughs>